0: Hello and welcome back to Six Again, the podcast where we preview and review the entire slate of NRL games. We offer our tips and best bets and bring a fan's opinion to the circus that is the NRL. You're brought Six Again by myself, Adam Hoy, and co-host, Jared Muton. Well, with that said, let's kick off. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is our last off-season show. Uh, before the season starts off and kicks off proper on Thursday. So tonight, uh, what we're going to be talking about is getting our heads around the Coaches Challenge, uh, making sure ourselves and you guys know the new rules that are going to be in place for the 2020 season. Uh, Jared's got a small list of injuries to go over that have happened through the nines and the pre-season trials. All. No. To a point. Um we're also going to look at the strength of schedule of all 16 teams over the first 11 rounds. And a couple of touching points. We might have a look at the new NRL ad and maybe some signing rumours if we've got time. So it will still be a big show, so stick around. How you doing, Jared? I'm good. Keen for the Thursday night, though. Oh, yeah. It's going, be, it's going to be a long one.
1: It has felt it's like
0: a long off-season, but I think... There's been a fair bit happen. It might Usually when there's a lot of stuff happening in the off-season, it actually makes it feel longer. But I feel like the animal has been talked about quite a bit more before the season this year than it has in previous. I don't think there's been as much crap this off-season. Yeah, that's been so nice. be,
1: Yeah, there's not as much. There has been some, of course. But just the usual Bali
0: off-season trips. Nothing ever goes wrong there. Yeah, no, there's pay them off. They're fine. Yeah, exactly. That's it whether you anyway, so on Thursday night, I'll definitely be uh, cracking a couple yourself yeah, I'll definitely be drinking after work, anyway, so I've got one well, that should sound pretty good, so what I've got for us this week is an absolute little beauty by our friends down at Hop Nation Brewing uh in the Mornington Peninsula down below Melbourne, and mm-hmm. we have a Seven Clouds Hazy IPA. Um, it literally looks like one of the most delicious juices you'll ever try and it is amazing. So that's what I'm going to be having throughout our session tonight. And if I drink anything, I fall asleep. Yeah, you do look a bit tired. And yeah, it's been a long
1: weekend. <sighs> yeah, it's been a
0: massive weekend. I played doubleheader of baseball on Sunday. That first game is catcher. That took a lot out of me.
1: Yeah, yeah. How'd you go to that? Did you, did you win?
0: Um, don't need to talk about the result, but I learn a lot. <laughs> Put it you got me. All
1: right. You got me.
0: Um, where do you want to kick off, buddy? Oh, do you want to do injuries first? It, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So, this is one of the reasons why we're not going to do our round one matchups, um, till our recording on Wednesday night, which will drop Thursday morning, because, one, the teams that were released already are only predicted, and the proper teams won't be released until tomorrow. And then even then, um, there are so many injuries, so we're going to wait till then. So, Jared's going to go over the injuries that have happened. Okay, so... Now.
1: So, first, we're going to hit the Broncos. So, they got Isaiah Perez... And he's got an indefinite indefinite time frame to come back. Matt Lodge indefinite as well. Keenan Palus Pal- Pal- indefinite. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, the young halfback, um, mid-season. And Joe Oforiengawi is suspended till round three.
0: So big so, hits there: then... being Oforiengawi, Lodge. Yeah. Lost a bit of experience in that four-pack for Broncos. Yeah, especially for the first two weeks. And they've got Cowboys straight up. Yeah, pretty good four-pack there. Okay,
1: Canberra riding Sutton. Due back round two. Hudson Young. Isn't that the bloke who bites everybody? Yeah. Is that Hudson Young? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been due on due a diet. Round... Yeah. In the off-season, anyway. Mm. Um, John Bateman, which is going to be a big loss, isn't due back till round eight. But don't be
0: surprised if he comes back a bit earlier. It looks like Corey Hawesborough is going to get the role there. That On we'll second, Yeah, he, he'll, he'll do fine there. Yeah.
1: He'll be great.
0: Oh, um,
1: uh, Bulldogs, Kieran Foran, probably retired. He came out during the week and said if he gets one more injury, he's done for his life, done for his career. But Did
0: you, did you see Dean Pay asking about the um, salary, salary relief for when you get injured players?
1: Yeah, what's wrong so. with that?
0: He deserves well, it. Yeah, but they got 300 grand back already. They're asking for more. Well, he's, they stupidly signed him for, what, 900? Exactly, the stupid being the key word. You pay overs, you can't... Yeah. Get everything back. Jesus. Um, Chris,
1: Chris Smith. He's mid-season. I've no, I don't really know who that is. Um, Cronulla. I feel really bad for this guy. We've already touched on this. Cameron King. He's gone for the season. Interesting if he can pick up another contract. I doubt it. He's had a few ACLs. Um, Gold Coast. Keegan Hipgrave. Um, what about Matt he, Moylan
0: from the Sharks? Matt Moylan, not on the list. They reckon he's going to be back. But by week one? Yeah. Wasn't it only on the week? Week. last week he had a hamstring injury again?
1: He always has a hamstring injury and he always comes
0: back from it. And then wouldn't be surprised
1: if he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's name tomorrow night. And then you got Titans, Keegan, Hipgrave, Bo um, and Ryan James, which is a massive loss. That's They've true. lost a yeah. Um, sea Eagles, Maisie Fainu. Fainu um, he's suspended, isn't he? Yeah,
0: he's definitely a guy at church.
1: One, yeah. Taniawa Pasaka. round four. Adam Faneuil-Blake, round four. Jake Trevojevic, round four. They reckon there's a chance Trevojevic can come back from round one. But
0: Nothing better than starting without your starting prop and starting lock. Can't and saying that
1: too. It'd be silly for Manly to name True Boy, you make may come back early, considering the year he's going to have to have with origin and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, Melbourne, Christian Welch, Paul Bassett, Tories ACL. Oh, in, yeah. In um, Brandon Smith, in round five, done his cheekbone in the All-Stars game. Yeah. Warriors, Nathaniel Roach, mid-season. Bantia Foa 2021, done for the year, done his ACL. Jackson Frey, 21, done his ACL. Jazz Tavega, round five. I think he's got a knee injury, doesn't he? Uh, Newcastle, Braddon Best, round four. Matautia, round five. Let's hope he doesn't come back at all. Phoenix <laughs> Crossland, round six. Uh, Cowboys, Maguire, round two.
0: That's suspension, Aramada. isn't it? Yeah.
1: He got suspended in the last game the Cowboys played last year for shoulder
0: charging, maybe. I
1: think that they started would, losing.
0: That wouldn't be him.
1: Uh, I think they started losing. He started doing a Cameron Munster, everybody doing stupid shit. Um, Parramatta, Waka Blake, indefinite. That's a loss. I believe Did it's Wanga Blake. Wanga? Waka?
0: Wanga. I um, thought was something that he might even be starting sooner than expected. I'll try and find it. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, if he is, he was born to be an X Factor in that Parramatta backline, and they got him reasonably cheap from Pembroke. So
0: they I just haven't the most updated one on Matt Moylan as well. He's meant to miss the opening month of the season. Is he? Yeah.
1: yeah I didn't see
0: that. Okay, okay. They've they've also, to... oh, also got sport. Dugan struck. Yeah, that'll be interesting.
1: I, I thought Dugan might have been coming back round. I heard of, I saw an article the other day that Dugan might be coming back round one.
0: And they're also looking at uh, Morris at fullback. So, I guess hence why there's so many predicted lineups coming up. Yeah. I don't know what's actually happened.
1: Pembroke, Dylan Edwards, mid-season. Uh, Braden McGrady, mid-season. Sean Gore, mid-season. Don't even know who those people are. Tyro May, round five. Yeah, um, Rabbitos, Margot Tori's peck in the preseason. He and he was supposed to be having a very good preseason. The poor guy won't be back to round eleven. Roosters, the new um, Latrell Mitchell, Billy Smith is injured till round twenty-one. Tory's ACL as well. Uh, Jack DeBellin from the Dragons. Whatever the hell's going on there? I don't
0: even. He still stood down. I do. thought. It- I thought Tyrone May played in the trials.
1: Nah, he's injured. He might have got injured injured in the trials.
0: Oh, he could have, yeah. Round
1: five, back, yeah. Jack DeBellin, yeah, no one knows what's going on there. We're not even going to touch on it. Cam McInnes, mid-season sometimes. And Corbin Sims, I reckon round six he's going to come back. And at the Tigers, they've just got Jack, Jacob
0: Liddell mid-season. so... It, for a, a for a pre- that's why that's why we're looking at there's rumours that Billy Walters will get the starting hooker position there. Nine.
1: That's not a bad spot. I don't mind yeah. that. For a lot, of, that's a lot of injuries for the that's start huge. of the season. That's every everyone's affected by injuries. No one's going in clean. No. Even from suspended, closest probably would be Cowboys with Maguire just injured. But
0: um, that's a lot and. I yes. think he said one in the middle there that I think there's been an update on. Oh, uh, maybe. Who'd I, who'd I say? Um, Boylan round, uh, might be out for a month. Yeah, no, I thought there was something else. Someone else I said no. that wasn't in there. Um, oh, geez. On Russell Pack has been pretty much, yeah, ruled out. Um did his yes. surgery on his foot, oh, so he doesn't look do like he'll really. ever be coming back. I think they're trying to yeah. get yeah, injury <laughs> compensation. I don't really count
1: Russell Packer. I didn't think he'd ever play again anyway. Nah. He did if he was grade. I don't think McQuire likes his attitude. That's why he dropped him last year.
0: Um, a... And Justin O'Neill from Cowboys is back to full strength after his spleen scare last year. So that's good to see.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just trying to see if there's any other ones that we've um, missed out on there. Oh, I mostly updated oh. one. Well, there we go. Definitely find out tomorrow night. Yeah, Broncos.
1: Broncos are hit pretty hard, actually. He, he, did you hear that Broncos are supposed to put Jermaine Osako on the bench?
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of interesting. Um, oh, that's it. Right, Wanga Blake. That's the one. Um, yeah.
1: He's indefinite. No, nah, it got in there.
0: Eel centre Wanga Blake said he could have returned for, from a shoulder operation in the Bega trial. But club staff wanted to give him more rest. He needed to get through Monday's training and hopes Brad Arthur picks him for round one.
1: Oh, there you go. I
0: saw that that was a bit of a a quick update today because, yeah, most people were expecting him to be out for a bit longer. Um, Yeah, right. Sharks, backs, Matt Moylan, and now says calf rather than hamstring. He changes every week. And Josh Dugan, knee are all but certain to miss the round one clash. Bronson Sherry remains a chance of lining up from a shoulder injury.
1: I think he'll play.
0: Jeez.
1: Is, imagine that for play.
0: the... Jeez. Imagine Sharks, like, having too many backs and then Moylan, Dugan and Cherry missing one week. But they still at Katoa, no, who we didn't good. even mention before. Um, Alex Glenn is yeah, probably not going to play either. Hamstring injury. Nah. He,
1: he's... I wouldn't be surprised if they put him in there just because he's a captain now. What are they going
0: to a name? Darius Boyd as captain. No, but Alex this was Glenn's coming player. from Alex Glenn himself. Said he's conceded Uh, he's unlikely to be right to play. So, who goes to be captain of uh,
1: Broncos now? They put Boyd because they reckon Boyd's going to play in the centres. That's going to be interesting.
0: Uh, Do you give it to... Probably Milford. Yeah, could be. I was going to say, would Would you give it to... um... Oh, jeez. You don't really have anyone else that really puts a hand... Would you give it to McCulloch and put him into a starting role? No, uh, they wouldn't risk putting in the starting role just for a captaincy. I wouldn't... I might be... captain on the bench, LA, New South Wales. Yeah, that's...
1: Poor oh, did you see
0: Patrick Margo from South suspended 12 weeks, uh, injured 12 weeks tearing his peck in the charity shield right after I talked him I, up to... Get, I said that. ...get his spot. Yeah, I know. I just didn't realise the time frame of 12 weeks. Whew. Yeah, I said,
1: they reckon he was having a gun pre-season was going to be in there. Wait, hey, he'd look
0: good in that charity shield. Yeah, all right. So, so, basically, Jared's just justified a hint why we uh, didn't run our uh, – didn't look at the predicted round one matchups because between now and Thursday, all these ifs, buts and maybes will hopefully be cleared out. And um, hey, remember, that's 20 players tomorrow night instead of 17. So, you yeah, don't know 20, who's going 20 player squads. And just remember, they don't have to be cut down to 17 until an hour before the game. So they'll cut two to 18. they cut two 24 hours beforehand. And one beats an hour before the game. And one before an hour before the game. So always keep updated on that. All right, let's have a look at the... you want to jump into Coach's Challenge?
1: I've already touched on
0: this. I don't like it.
1: I think it's another reason to slow down the game that people always complain about it. I reckon it's just ex. I just I don't like people complaining about the referee. It annoys
0: me. They're out there a job to do. Do yeah,
1: they do. But everyone complains about what happened with Canberra last year in the Grand Final, right? Yeah. The referee made one mistake the whole game.
0: Yeah. Canberra and it, it could've it pretty much cost a club a premiership.
1: So did, so did Joseph A. by not passing that football.
0: That's yeah, true. Players make mistakes that cost their teams worse every game as well. Yeah. And Canberra missed 40 tackles
1: against the Roosters. Yeah. That's a lot more mistakes than the, the players dictate the games more. Anyone who complains about the referee to a point where they think they cost games can only complain if your team does not make any mistake throughout the whole game. That's the only way you can complain about the referee if your team does not make a mistake. If you miss 40 tackles in the Korean final against the Roosters team that they have, you're not gonna win a game anyway. That's a good so point. so Captain's Challenge, I just think, is a is this a, a shit way they bought shit thing they bought in the game. The only reason I don't like the only reason I complain about referees is when video referee come on board and they can slow it down and do it frame by frame. Um, Then I'll complain about it because there's no excuse for making a decision there. But when you got surrounded by 26 monsters, 80,000
0: people in the stadium screaming, and get it right
1: 99% of the time.
0: I'm guessing 80,000 people, you're only referring to the grand final, yeah? Yeah, okay. Even (laughs) 10,000 Origins though. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I I don't see... I I don't understand why this is the thing that was brought in. Apart from the fact that they want... What what are they trying to get out of They just want to be able to justify to fans that the right decision was made? Are they trying to show that um, there's a little bit of power with regards to what they think is actually the... Right call. Um, I think there were other ways they could have gone about it. I, I agree that's going to add time to the game. It's going to slow things down. And in saying that, the NRL has come out and said, well, it shouldn't really because it can only happen at stoppages. They can't just pull up a, a set yeah, in the middle my- of it if it's continuing to go on. The coach's challenge can only be put forward on a mistake that creates a stoppage or at a stoppage. So, a, uh, not going to the drop their go on goal, that sort of stuff. Um, I still think it's going to add time on. I don't... I know coaches already come out talking about how they're going to try and utilise theirs um, in order to... What's the one that I read? If, if your team's under the pump and um, it's the third set and the ball's being kicked into your in goal and you've grounded it or something like that in a less than 50-50 contest, and it's obvious that your team has grounded your remaining in person, you've just got to do a drop kick, um, asking the ref to, for your captain's challenge then, knowing that you're going to lose it, but just adding an extra minute onto the review process so your team can rest. And actually burning them for no reason other than giving your team rest. I think coaches have come out already saying they're going to do that. Saying, oh, can we just check this for a knock-on even when there's no other player from the other team around the ball? So it's going to be interesting to see how the NRL reacts to that. Especially if it's the last three minutes of a half and you haven't used your challenge or something like that. I would,
1: If anyone can send us a justification why they think that the captain's challenge is a good thing for rugby league send it in but i we we just
0: can't see the point in it it's just making the referees look worse i was about like to say they, that like if if the referees already don't have the confidence in themselves because they go up to the video I, I don't know what the statistics i'm gonna say six out of 95 every 10 times seven out of every 10 times um and then giving the players the ability to question the official's call kind of goes against everything that we're brought up learning when we play sport. You play to the whistle, rest calls, final call. You don't disagree, whereas now we're allowed to not argue as such, but believe that they're incorrect and get them to prove so. I don't know the, if it's sending the right message. I think there's a lot, lot of other ways that could have gone around improving the game. Um, outside of calls, and you watch any other sports, bad calls even themselves out generally through most games anyway.
1: The the funniest thing I, I I see is you got a lot of people in the game don't like Cameron Smith supposedly manipulating the referee because he talks to him a lot. That's what a lot of people don't like. Yet those same people, are loving the idea of a captain's challenge where it gives people like Cameron Smith more of a chance to argue
0: with the referee. like, I Have just, you got research to back that up? What? Yeah. I'm I, 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 I was just joking. We don't have to do research. Jesus.
1: <laughs> I scroll through Facebook. point is that it just gives the referee, put, puts more ref, doubt in the referee's mind about yeah. what he does, which shouldn't be happening because he needs to be 100%. And the biggest thing about referees is If they admit, if they make a mistake, it's good. It's better
0: they admit it, but they've still got to go, okay, we made a mistake. Let's just keep going. All right. That leads me into my next point, actually. Say, Coach's Challenge isn't in. What's something that you would like to see come in that could maybe either explain um, the rest decisions or may with some weird tangent, um, diminish the amount of errors that are made. There's no way to do it. There isn't, is there? No,
1: what, what you said earlier was right. It comes around back at you. Yeah. No matter how you swing it, it, and everyone knows it, you might get a really, really bad call this game. Two games later, you might be on the right end of that.
0: Yeah. So there's no way to do it. It just comes around and comes around and comes around. So... We're um, later on in the season when we've got our smaller rounds where there's only four matches. We're going to be talking about things like rules we'd like to see put in. And we might save that sort of stuff for then. I would like to see something. I don't ever see it. Actually, maybe not ever, but I don't see it happen anytime soon. I would love um, for the referees to do a press conference after their game, the same as coaches and players have to do. Because once what? their game's finished, Yes, they do video reviews. I know that. Yes, they do training through the week. Yes, they have discussions with um, the head coaches, CEOs, head of refereeing, etc. But instead of the NRL coming out or the head of referees coming out and explaining decisions, I think <sighs> it would be good for everyone involved. Not as a you're gonna have your, you? your, you're gonna have your crappy journalists and your people who yes. just have no other deeper thought, just use it as an excuse to get into the referees. But it would be really, I think, pleasing to see what their point of view was when that call was made. Because um, we, uh, we asked the head coaches the same question and they get fined for actually speaking their mind if they don't give an answer that agrees with everything the NRL puts in their fine oh. print. And you'd say that the players and the head coaches are a lot more emotional and heated under the collar in their press conference and they're asked to do it. But I would like to ask what was your thought process here? Um, why was the call made here? Not so problem, much.
1: Sorry. Say, not
0: so much with, um, do you believe you got that call wrong or did that call cost the game? That's kind of, off-limit sort of questions, but just getting thought process, opinions, that sort of stuff from the referees, just from their point of view, I think would add that third that third point of view rather than just player and head coach. Do you know why that
1: won't work? Because we can't stop the media from asking the questions they want to ask.
0: No, they can't, because but the rest also don't have to you answer have, it. You're
1: going to have a reporter going on a witch hunt at a referee. Yeah, of course you're going to. So the referees are literally going to go in there, and they're not going to go. You made a great call here. They're going to focus on the negative every single time. No one focuses on the good calls. Yeah, everyone focuses on the good calls. And I put
0: that, I put that like that asterisk there. If if it's gone in with that line of questioning, the same as if there's that line of questioning with a head coach or a player, um, they can end the press conference early if they if they want to, or they can limit certain members' access to the press conference if it's a continued. I, I, don't, I don't agree. Order.
1: I don't. Blah. I don't agree that the um, coaches should be, should be, um, muffled either. I love the idea of Ricky Stewart abusing the shit out of people.
0: Yeah. Like, the, the penalties yeah, are in place yeah, for a reason. So they know that. Yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't agree when they come out like the head coaches come out and say something against the referee or the referee's call or something like that. If they've then after the game or at halftime, watched the video and saw what the correct call was. um, But in that same case, if they're out there getting fined for their opinion, I think the rest can at least be out there speaking for themselves rather than this three days later head of referee goes out and said, by the way, four days ago in this match, yeah, we made a mistake. The, the problem is rugby leagues, actually my dad always says that rugby league likes to, he, call,
1: he calls it a cannibal sport. We like to f- like focus and try and, we don't focus on the positive. We always focus on the negative and make us eat the game kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that like be, we just,
0: that's mostly human nature. Look at the news every night.
1: No, but... Rugby League, like, okay, for example, I watched the Rugby Union World Cup last year. And the Rugby Union World Cup, it... um,
0: Was awesome.
1: (laughs) Not for Australia. But every time, I saw some horrible calls in there. And the players just got on with it. No one focused on what happened. They just focused on what happened in the game. And Rugby League need to do more of that. And... I, I, like I said, I don't mind when coaches are emotional and like to give their opinions and stuff, but focus on your players don't focus on the referee the referee's out there he's probably getting paid probably you know half as much as these rugby league players are, and the guy's got to think the entire time the rugby league players and I respect the hell of the rugby league players because their skill is amazing, but technically they don't
0: only have to catch the ball and tackle so <laughs> <the> <laughs> See, and that's why Darius Boyd struggles. He can do one of those two things. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) You've seen him ruin both. I know. I was just bringing that up from a fan's point of view, going look, if I'm filthy at a call, I'd probably prefer to hear it from that person's mouth within half an hour, an hour of that game than four days later. I'm not going to be probably, at the time, any happier about it, but I've got a justified explanation as to this is what I believe happened. And then I can go, I'm annoyed. I'm pissed off. My team lost. Yes, that had a big impact on it, but it happens. Shit happens. And if you get that um, point of view straight away, it can have a big, it can have enough difference for you to see it in a different light. And I think doing it that way um, would have a greater impact than slowing the game down to make sure every single call is correct and literally undermining a lot of the foundations of sport that we grew up with. Well,
1: all these new rules were brought into
0: Queensland
1: to make the halfback more, like the little fellas run more. You know what I mean? Like it's made, like they brought in a dummy half rule and a first receiver rule in junior rugby league where dummy half can run if he's got the pink bib on and the first receiver could run the ball with only passing it once if he's got the yellow bib on. They brought that in about three, four, five years ago in Junior Rugby League. But the stupid thing is, if they stop the game so much, people are going to get rest, and the small players aren't going to be able to run around the game as much. So it's just... They're not helping themselves with the rules they bring in at lower level, and then they're bringing all this stuff at the top level. I just don't well, like the idea. That's a,
0: that's a great segue because our next segment is going to be around the new rules. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. four new rules. We've got the twenty forty rule. Uh, we've got changes to the scrums. Um, we've got a difference in tackling the attacking player in the air, and then we've also got the new uh, legislation around trainers on the field. So, Jared, do you want to explain the 20-40 rule and your opinion? It's the opposite of the 40-20. No way. Essentially, (laughs) um,
1: pretty much it gives the attacking team, or technically the defensive team, but the the team with the ball who's coming out of their own line, (laughs) the option to kick it from their 20 through to the 40 and get the ball back.
0: Oh, I um, love that you were struggling then. The the attacking team, the defensive team, the team with the ball. The team with the ball is the attacking team.
1: No, the team without
0: the, the balls is the defensive
1: team, attacking team in this situation. Nah, whatever. Go it on. is, and you so, both know it. Do you like um, it? Do you so, not like it? Do you see no, what the sorry. point of it is? Yeah, to create more opportunities for the team to get out of trouble. Which I hate. And, to put more pressure on the fullback. Which, in saying this too, when there's a... When you're going out of trouble, a lot of teams can... Uh, defending teams can condense in and make them either run around them or get belted through the middle. So this way, what will happen is it'll make them drop back an extra winger just so that that's not an option. So that instead of having just a fullback back there to cover everything, they'll have two back there instead of one for probably from the third tackle onwards, which is probably a good thing because it gives them more of a chance to get around them, which is pretty good. So, I don't mind it. I know you don't like it because you don't like giving people get out of jail free cards when they're in their own 20, but I can live with it. It's just a little... I don't think it was
0: necessary, but it's in
1: the game now, so...
0: And that's the thing, like, the thing I dislike about it most is I don't think it was necessary. It wasn't an issue in the game. Um, if if rugby league wants to be more like rugby union, they should just come out and admit it. So, obviously, we know in rugby union, if you're in trouble, you kick the hell of the ball. You kick the ball out of trouble. They've already got a fullback back. They've usually got their two wingers. And they might even have the number eight as well. So if you don't kick it out, um, they can run it back. So, league has now gone, hey, if a team's trying to get out of their own end and they're struggling, when has that ever been great for people to watch? (laughs) Hey, when your team's on top and you're belting the crap out of them because they're not getting out of their own line, it's one of the few times in a game, not in a scoring opportunity, where you've got intensity and crowd involvement and enthusiasm. So, you're like, if we can pin them down here, they kick the ball short to the halfway or whatever, we're in an attacking position. But the other side is, you're also going, don't get off too early and give away a penalty for offside. But you're involved in the game as a fan. Whereas now you're like, we've done all this hard work. We've put them down their end and they've got an opportunity to kick it out. I still say it's, an, I still do not think many teams are even going to utilize it. But the fact that it is there as an option still shits me enough. Uh, I'm just happy Cooper Cronk's not playing anymore because he would
1: destroy that. He would just do it every time. No one would come near him.
0: If you're in that position where you're having to run it out from your own line, it's because you haven't played well enough generally to get yourself in that position in the first place. It's either been a good kick by the other team. It's been um, grinded out over a few sets. It could be a number of things. But generally, when you're in that position, you're trying to grind your way away from your own line. It's because you've made a mistake or they've done something brilliant to put you in that position. And yeah. I just hate the fact that there is a quick get-out-of-jail-free card if you take advantage of it. I do, however, like the idea of a winger and a fullback being out of the line. So for teams who want to take the chance to run it out, I will definitely enjoy watching that. Um, I do have to admit, so I think Canberra and the Titans... From like two, three years ago, the Titans I'm talking about in Canberra from the last couple of years scoring their tries from outside or inside their own half. Awesome to watch. Yeah. I just don't like the, the the other side that when you do nail it, you kind of I don't know. Out out of somewhere where you probably don't deserve to be out of. Yeah. It's- probably right and when you get on your 40 you
1: generally that that's going to be such a big kick big play in the game because once you get that 20 40 over the line you're you're going to be an attacking position you're going to be you're going to land on the other team's 30 mm. at least be able to put a kick up. Yeah. so it's it's going to change your momentum of the game so much and that's what they want because they're aiming for more exciting games but For that team who grinded for 10 minutes, put a kick in the corner, pinned them in the corner, it's kind of shit for them, really, that it
0: can be turned so quickly. And as if I was coaching, I wouldn't tell either of my wingers to drop. I'd have my fullback back mainly because if you're inside your 20, the chances of you getting the right angle when you're under that much pressure anyway to kick it that far on the right position is going to be bloody hard. You think how relatively few 40-20s are kicked each year when the team's on a roll generally and wanting to get that extra set. It's not like we're seeing what? one every game. The chance of them being able to do it in the opposition, in their own half with the opposition on top of them, I still don't see it really happening. So I'd be telling my team to stay up in a whole line anyway. But that's how uh, I, I looked at I it. Wouldn't have my,
1: I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have just my fullback there. That's too much, too much ground to cover.
0: No, I'm but, just saying the kick won't get there anyway. Okay. Unless they run it out to the middle of the field every time and you've got a kicker on both sides of the ruck, I reckon it'll be a lot easier to shut down than a 40-20.
1: I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Say if you're on the 45, you're attacking and you're on the 45, right? Or the... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, on the I'm five meters into their half. No, 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 no. You're five meters. Oh, in my own half. half. Sorry, yeah, my bad. Yeah. yeah. So if you threw that ball back fifteen meters to where the twenty meter would be, the end of the twenty would be right on the thirty meter line to a halfback standing there, and if he kicked it on the fifth and last, your fullback and two wingers are going to be right back down on the other on the opposition twenty, aren't they? So you aren't, there'll be no one, there'll be no one, there'll be, so technically, for the 2040, it'll be in no man's land if you go back that 15 metres. You understand that? No. No, okay. So, when you're on your 45, right, and you're on the fifth and last tackle, you're going for the kick to the pin, pin the kick in the corner, right? Yeah. Right? So, the winger and fullback will be on the try line. Yeah. So, they can come forward for the kick. Yeah. If you pass that ball back 15 metres to a halfback or a fullback, who only... Ha- and that way, the defensive line will be on the 55. He has to pop it over the top of them, and you will get a 20-40. Do you consider that an option? Because no. the, that means it'd be in no man's land. That means... The closest person will be tw- either 20 meters away from the ball and has to turn around and run and get it, or the other person will be 60 meters away from the ball.
0: I don't think your measurements make any sense.
1: Oh, what I'll do is I'll put it on a piece of paper for you, and I'll send it to you. I think you're have to, cause
0: I didn't think the 45 was actually a line. And if I'm on my 45, I'm no, in my. No, own and no, if no, I no. forty five. the line, meters, then, then it, I'll be on my 30 metre line, which isn't a 20-40, because I'm in my, on my 30 yeah, metre line. Yeah, your 30 is right at the top of the 20 metre line, isn't it? So if you take
1: a step back when you're on the 30, you're within the 20. No, no sorry, you got to go 25 Yeah, meter that's right. what I'm thinking. I'm All like,
0: right. bloody hell, Jared, that's a 25 metre pass back just yeah. to get a chance of kicking a 20-40. No chance, not going to happen. Yeah, that was silly. I think yeah, you just I burnt, just... like, three minutes of airtime. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I'm going to cop it for that, eh? <laughs> Please, guys, send, send tweets in and absolutely slamming for that because that was all on him.
1: Yeah, that was horrible. I'm going to see
0: if, like, can <laughs> meant you just had like, <laughs> oh, oh, so good. <laughs> oh, I can see it brushing through the microphone. Bloody hell. All right, let's move on what? to the next one. We're trying to save some grace here. <laughs> <laughs> um so twenty forty we started with because the chance of it really happening, I think, are pretty low. But anyway, scrums. So the change this year, um, if your team's awarded a scrum, you can choose to have it ten meters in from the sideline, twenty meters in from that sideline, or in the middle of the field. So it basically gives you a little bit more choice with regards to your advantage when the other team has made a mistake. Now 90 95% of scrums in the pre season and trials of an error being taken in the middle of the field, which makes sense as an attacking team because you can split the defense um, evenly on two sets of the field, you've got opportunity for trick plays, etc. etc. So, that scrum idea was brought in to allow for those sort of movements. Also, if you have it on the 10 meters, 10 meters in from the sideline, you can do an entire backline sweep. Um, with an extra 10 metres of space. Now, it all seemed well and good. And the catch on this, I think Jared and I were both in agreement that this definitely has potential to in- make the game more exciting. Oh. Yes? It act better, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And what we... We actually did do some research, so compared to what we are saying before. Um, <laughs> the NRL coaches... Um, voted for this as well. They believed it was a good initiative. And as soon as it was in place, they were already coming up with ways that they could exploit it. Um, Jared, do you want to elaborate? No, elaborate? So my track record. Um, <laughs> so what they're doing is... What they're doing
1: is They are... Uh, so a differential penalty is when you break from the scrum early. If you break from the scrum early and you get a differential penalty, that means they can't go for a conversion. It's kind of like a short arm
0: penalty um, or a soft penalty.
1: And so, what they're doing is if you get a differential penalty and they have chosen to um, have their scrum in the middle of the field, that means they have to tap in the middle of the field. So, that's going to, it's still going to create that, you know, wide play that can go either way. But instead of having seven people in the back line on both sides and six, and tw- six people in the middle of the field on both sides, they're going to have the whole 13 spread out. So what they're doing essentially is anyone puts them in the middle of this field, they're going to break early out of the scrum, have it, put a penalty against them, set the defensive line, and keep going from there. So they're nullifying the entire rule. Pretty much players. what
0: the Roosters did last year when they were up by eight or up by 14 where a pe- shot at goal couldn't hurt them. Um, they were yeah. giving away penalties on purpose because they trust their defensive line. Basically what how- the, how the NRL coaches are going to exploit the rule is, yep, if the scrum's in the middle of the field, tell your back row, which is generally going to be your fullback and to other people to break out early because the worst thing that happens is you get a differential penalty where they can't kick for goal anyway. Now, just to clarify, any defence who's in the defensive line and not in the scrum, if they come forward early, that is still an offside penalty and you can kick the goal. We're just talking about the people in the scrum breaking early. Now, it's interesting that the NRL coaches voted for this rule because they could, whether it's already in the back of their mind, how they could exploit it. But what was interesting um, earlier this week, Graham Annersley Um, came out and stated that uh, due to chatter between head coaches and what they'd seen in the trials if um, it showed that teams were exploiting this differential penalty rule in the first few rounds and it was having a negative impact on the uh, perceived advantage of this rule change then they could look at um, increasing that differential penalty to a full penalty which would allow the team to then kick for goal and that's not saying the NRL generally does if they put a rule change in it's there for the season they've already come out and said if this does not go as it was designed to within the first few rounds um, they could change up the penalty for it it's yeah
1: the, the coaches are always going to find little things they can exploit out of that um
0: I just to love the honest, fact they voted for it. Going, yeah, this is great. We're not. Go- it's great for attacking, and we know how to defend it.
1: It wouldn't be a bad idea to just get rid of the differential penalty, either way. Like technically, someone breaking out of a scrum early is offside. It's so, offside. So, it? so I don't know why. Why don't they just get rid of the differential penalty, and that way the whole problem's gone. That way the attack's going to get better. Tell you what, one thing I'd love to see in NRL team too is put the scrum in the middle of the field, put seven people on the right, and no people on the left, and to see the defense, what the defensive team would do. How cool would that be? And put Josh at a car at lock or something to pick the ball up and sprint. Yeah, I'd love to see. How cool would that be?
0: I was just thinking of one there where if I've got the scrum in the middle of the field from 10 metres out and it's round two or round one, and I know that the opposition's going to be breaking early, I'm running straight through the middle of the scrum. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, well. Put it jason be Tumpen interesting, up.
0: but when I heard that doing scrum modifications, I was really excited that they're going to allow you to push again or, B, just get rid of scrums. But yeah. well, um, yeah. Yeah, I just
1: would love to see seven and zero. And then either way, you've got a big, what, 30-metre gap with no one there or you've got seven on six on the other side, if they put someone or something
0: on there. Or something like the All Blacks do, where you've got um, scrums over right over on one side of the field, and they've got their backs, so both centres and a fullback within like 15 metres of the scrum, and then a 30-metre gap, and their winger is <laughs> on the sideline. So you've got a 30-metre gap of space, and the defenders are like, well, we're manned up, but there's also a 30-metre gap between our winger and our outside centre. <laughs> One person
1: misses a tackle,
0: or right? yeah, or like you said, give it to Addo Carr and he can just run around everybody through the gap. Yeah, so we'll be interested yeah, yeah. to see what they do. Hopefully, I like the idea of them penalizing straight away, um, allowing them to kick for goal because generally, again, if you've given away a scrum, you've made a mistake, so you've got to then, um, make up, for it. It, not cheat. Yeah, all yeah. right, so. so This year, one of the most confusing rules in Rugby League, I guess, will be put to rest where if you're a defender going up to the air and you catch a ball and you get tackled in midair, you get a penalty. Whereas the attacking player, if they get tackled in midair, it's fair game. So they've gotten rid of that. So the attacking player now, if they get tackled in midair, it will be a penalty to the attacking team. I'm honestly surprised that even stayed as a rule, considering
1: how how much they've made the game safe in the last 10
0: years. So we've already talked about how this is going to be an advantage to teams like Parramatta, where you've got Sevo and Ferguson. Um, Someone like Daniel Tupo is going to love this because the kick doesn't even need to be smack on the try line anymore. If you get enough momentum from two metres out and you can jump further than two metres in the air and like lengthwise, I mean, not height. Um, And the opposition's not there. They've literally got to wait for you to land before they can hit you. And
1: people like Corey Thompson are going to struggle now. Yeah,
0: Corey Thompson's going to struggle. You're shorter sort of wingers. Now, I think this has got benefits each way. If a team really wants to take advantage of it, like your Roosters with Tupou or your Eels with Ferguson, and they kick it a touch too far, um, well, then, yeah, you're going to get the ball either caught in goal Or it'll go over the sidelines. Or if you kick it too short, then you're going to be giving the team a scrum coming out of their own area rather than a um, play the ball, which is going to be quite interesting as well. But from the defensive point of view, if you're someone like Corey Thompson, who is really short, instead of going up for the aerial battle, you might be going up just to hit it into touch or hit it dead because you know that once that player lands, you're not going to tackle him anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: so it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna reward those with very accurate kickers because most yeah. teams don't put bombs up to land right on the corner post because of the risk that's involved. But now knowing that their player can't be tackled in the air. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna bring in
1: a whole new I know they're leaning towards the you know big big wingers and most teams have big wingers. But it's going to take out position. People like um, Hazem El like he was a great winger. He probably not going to get it. His kind of player, his size, I'm going to get a run anymore because of it. Um, Rob Robbie Oak Davis, he was a great fullback. He probably won't get a run anymore. he
0: oh, like, I he think a full, I think a fullback's got enough ways that they can impact the game but, still.
1: Like there's going there's been so many great small wingers like Matt Utai, stuff like that. They they won't get a run yeah, but just because they're guys anymore.
0: Even then, like, when Matt Utah and El Masri was playing, how many times did the Bulldogs um, attack with a bomb to their wingers? Yeah, I, I get it. But a lot of people
1: these days, like, look at Daniel Tupor and Blake Ferguson. No one's going to outrun, outjump those guys these days. Like, Blake Ferguson, do a 2 I'm pretty sure he can do two backflips these days.
0: Yeah, he's but the other stiff. side of it is, what are you going to do as the player going if You can't kick it to him. He's too tall. We don't have a tall guy. That's like no. trying to tell Tedesco or Adokar not to run as fast because it's not fair. No, I'm not saying don't kick it.
1: I'm saying take advantage. I'm saying it's going to take out the small wingers in the world.
0: Yeah, well, I think then the small wingers will have to find... Um, it'll make the coaches and the players have to design a different way to... To uh, combat it I, I still yeah. I can see a lot of teams going for it I don't see it paying off as much as I think I thought it would At the start because the kick still has to be Pretty damn good The player has you, to land um, Pretty much on or over the try line If they land short it's still going to give The defence opportunity to tackle them over The line yeah, but, as they would do, do do They're do not going that. to have momentum how, as much as they would How good run. are they kicking these backs
1: like, you, you look at The halfbacks we've got, like... Adam Reynolds will love it. Adam Reynolds will love it. Mitchell Moses would love it. Um,
0: Luke Keary would love it. Ben Hunt Um, might actually be able to do something every now and then. uh, Ben Hunt's got a good grabber. I I won't say
1: Mitchell Pierce as much because he's not really that known for his kicker. He's more of a running halfback. Yeah, I'm not going to say
0: Cherry either.
1: Cherry's probably the best kicker in the game.
0: Yeah, but that's that sort of kick. He well, we haven't really added many jumping wingers. You're not going to be putting a bomb up for George Tafua. He has enough trouble (laughs) just like running at speed, let alone running and jumping. Can George Tafua even jump? I don't know. It's a lot of (laughs) lot of legs to get
1: off the ground. He's built so low to the ground, like he's more power based low than he is trying to get high. So he might suffer from this as well. But saying that. All
0: they have to do is hide Trevojevic on the wing (laughs) and they're fine. So, if you see a scrum in the middle of the field because a halfback has tried kicking the ball to a jumping winger who wants to not be tackled and they get taken over into touch, um, don't be surprised if that scrum's in the middle of the field and if the team, for some reason, decides to belt the ball downfield after the second tackle. Because they're all three new rules that could come into play next to each other. Now... Also, don't freak out if you feel like you're missing colours on your TV, because hopefully there's going to be less orange and blue with regards to the trainers. So, <laughs> oh, shit. That was <laughs> a pretty good segue. Come on. Let's go. Um, this has been quite interesting. So they said there's going to be a breakdown of trainers on the field. Now, has put new rules in place, and as one journalist who went allowed to get free, air, adds out to. Did a bit more research than us and found that these rules didn't even need to be put in place because the rules that were already in place kept the trainers off the field if it was actually enforced. The problem is who enforces the rules. Now, we've been discussing whether it's the match official, not the one on the park, the the third, fourth official, whichever one governs all that sort of stuff, the time. Um, But the NRL's come out anyway and put new statements out. So, orange shirt trainers. So, these are generally for your injuries. Orange shirt trainers will still be given unrestricted access to access the field of play to treat an injured player, but must immediately leave the field once they have completed the treatment. Orange shirt trainers will no longer be able to remain on the field behind the play to monitor players and must instead do this from the sideline. Was already a rule, wasn't enforced. When they say monitor the players or remain on the field behind the play, that was for that injured player. They need to treat them and get off the field. Now, blue shirt trainers, this is your Langer's of the world. Currently, blue shirt trainers may only enter the field of play after their team gains possession of the ball and must lead the field at the completion of the fourth tackle. This rule has been modified to limit the blue shirt trainers ability to do this to a maximum of three occasions per half. Blue shirt trainers will be required to hand a designated card to an NRL interchange official on each occasion prior to entering the field of play. So basically blue shirt trainers can do the same thing between tackles one and four when their team has the ball, but they can only do it three times per half. Now, Again, they're not meant to be on the field during play anyway if the original rules were actually implemented. Jared. Well,
1: we're actually talking about this before we even came onto this podcast. Well, you brought up a scenario where what happens when it gets penalised? So, say if it's, you know, he comes on for the fourth time in that half and the interchange official official realizes it, tells the touchy, the touchy tells the referee, and there's like a two on one, you know, a two on one overlap, and he blows the penalty while they throw that last cutout ball to the defending team. Is that going to like absolutely blow this up? Yeah. And I can also imagine halfway through the season, there's going to be a video footage. Of a blue shirted of official running onto the field again for the fourth time, and everyone's gonna
0: be blowing up about it, going, Oh my god,
1: this happened. So that can't I, I
0: see to, the headline. I can't. I see I, the headline yeah. There's a lot of information about the rules themselves. There's very little information with regards to who's going to be policing them. Now, yeah. the trainers, the responsibility of the trainers is the head coach. They determine when the trainers go on and off the field. So they need to be kept on it, but I would—I think that would be brilliant, brilliantly horrible. That yeah, if there's a big breakaway, blah blah blah, out of nowhere, a penalty is called because there's an extra trainer on the field or the trainer's been on there for the fourth time. Now, and they are they going the to be penalised if they step on the field once and then realise their mistake? Well, that shouldn't happen because they've got an interchange card. I think both the rules that they've brought in are great ideas. I think the less the trainers on the field as possible the better i think most people agree with that i think it's still hilarious that these rules are already in place but weren't enforced and i will expand on blue shirt trainers will still be able to continue to enter the field of play unrestricted following a try being scored to facilitate an interchange of players so they can run um on with that player who's going onto the field and run off with the one coming off it um, prior to an injury timeout prior to a dropout per the, um, during following a try being scored, so they're still going to be on the field a bunch of times, but we should notice them less during actual play as they're only allowed on there three times now. Great idea, for but, you. yeah. Who the hell is going to look after this? Because the on-field referee, like we said before, has already got too much crap to deal with. I got a question for you. Yeah. How many times do they get caught until they get suspended? Like, are they going to... What, what, what happens it? if they do get caught? What, that, yeah. No penalties have been put forward that I've seen. So do you just risk it anyway, knowing that the worst thing that's going to happen is a 10 grand fine. Oh, crap, we're a multi-million dollar club. We don't care. We needed to get that but, message out there because the other team's got an injury that our players hadn't picked up on. The, the day that, the day that um, there's a penalty
1: in like the scenario we we're talking about, that's when, it'll get, that's when they'll go, oh, wait, holy crap. We've got to stop this.
0: I think we have to put something... I'd love to see something like a Simbin. Yeah, Get quarter-fourth time, yeah. play a sin Simbin.
1: You know what a rule I'd love to bring in? When we were growing up, one of the biggest things was if there was multiple infractions, like, say, multiple high tackles, the person who, didn't, who did the last tackle isn't Simbin. So, that is three high tackles in a row. They've got three warnings, right? Yeah. On the third warning, they send the person who did the high tackle on, did the last high tackle. Yeah. You know what I'd love to see? The captain gets him in mid. Ooh. So, yeah, so he's gone, mate, you got to go back and tell him yeah. to stop high tackling. Yeah. If it happens again, you're going. So that way, the captain's oh. gone. That's, an old, that's a rule that used to happen, which I 100% agree with. Because I don't think that can wiggle. happen
0: at the top level, just because of the fabric of the game, because you're... you're... Uh, your captain and whoever actually did it could be completely different positions. That could have a completely different outcome in the overall does game.
1: It doesn't matter because the captain's got to take control of that team. The captain got the warning.
0: Yeah, the captain, the captain can do as much as they can. They can lead by example. They can communicate to their yeah. players, but they can't be in the player's head saying, do but not do this tackle. If you're playing and you had a captain like that, say Boyd Cordman does everything right, does
1: all the stuff right, yeah. hard tire, someone you follow. And then you turn around, you have got Jared Maria Hargraves, who's an absolute asshole, yeah, who does that kind of stuff all the time. Jared Maria Hargraves is going to feel worse that Boyd Cordner got cymbed over
0: that over the top that he got cymbed. He's yeah, going to feel it, a lot
1: worse. Than, would it actually then,
0: stop him in the heat of the moment? I don't think so. Doesn't matter. He, the, I guarantee you, Boyd Cordner will stop him after the game. So I agree with it. So you might have noticed that we haven't done a first half and a second half of this episode because so we just kind of wanted to cover up all the nitty-gritty sort of off-field stuff that was going to put you in good stead for the season. Uh, we've covered Coach's Challenge. We've covered the new rules, our 2040 scrums, trainers, tackles in the air. And we've also been given an injury update. So we're at Thursday morning's show or when we record Wednesday night is going to be all about the... Club lineups and the round one matchups. But the last thing we want to look at before we get into that is actually the strength of schedule of all 16 teams. And basically, we're looking at the first 11 rounds um, as round 12 is the first half round because of state of origin. So, which teams have the easiest first 11 rounds? Which teams have the hardest first 11 rounds? And the biggest dilemma we had to start with was how do we actually work this out? Because most of the time you get this sort of stuff off a website and they're usually lax on how they've come up with it, whereas more of the information's about why their system is more correct. Now, Jared's looking at me going, oh. he did all the research on the injury stuff. I did a little bit on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, mine was really <laughs> What What we did, we looked at the finishing position of all 16 teams last year. If you finish in the top four, which is the Storm, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs and the Raiders, any match against them in the first 11 rounds was worth four points. Then three points for the next four, two points for the next four, and then one point for the bottom four teams, being the Warriors, the Cowboys, the Dragons and the Titans. So we looked at each team's first 11 rounds. So an 11 rounds could look something like this. One, four, one, two, one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you've got a one, it means you're playing a team that was in the bottom four of last year. If you've got a four, you're playing a team in the top four of last year. Now, the high score you could get is 41. And the team with the hardest first 11 rounds based on the finishing position of the teams last year is actually the Penrith Panthers, who play one, two, three, four teams from that top four from last year and one, two, three further games against teams that finish in the top eight. So what's that, seven out of 11 out of the top eight? Yeah. Last seven, year. seven out of Penrith's first 11 games against teams who finished in the top eight last year. So that's Storm, Roosters, Rabbits, Raiders, Eels, Seagulls, Sharks, and Broncos. And you'd say none of them really have gotten much weaker, except for maybe early on Seagulls with Dravojevic and Fenua Blake being out. But the rest of them still have a pretty formidable teams. So if you're a Penrith Panthers fan, not great news to start the season um the upside is if those top eight teams are as strong as they were last year, you should have a more decent run in the second half of the season. Do you know any penrith fans Jared
1: Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to my little brother who says he doesn't actually listen to this podcast, but I know he does suck shit beetle
0: <laughs> i've got a I've got a cousin uh down in sydney sorry uh sorry Chris-o, not. Looking good, but if the Panthers play with as much confidence as Chris has, I'm sure they're going to do just fine. Other teams up that pointy end with pretty tough runs to start the season include the Cowboys and the Dragons and the Warriors, all on 30 points. Um, Each of them have one, two, three, four, five, six games against top eight opposition from last year. (laughs) On the easier side of things with only 22 points out of 41, are the Parramatta Eels, who, according to finishing position of last year, face one team who finished in the top eight and have only three games out of their first 11 against, sorry, they have one game against teams who finished top four and only three games against teams who finished top eight last year. So eight out of their first 11 games, are against the bottom eight teams from last year. Um,
1: it's looking pretty good. They're going to be halfway through the season, they're going to act like they've won the Premiership already. Any they, so, But if they don't do well... Huh.
0: I thought, man, that's a pretty big uh, range. So I said, all right, what about just the first five rounds? So the worst five rounds you could have would be... Five games against the top four of last year which would give you 20 points Titans scored 18 out of 20 (laughs) so their first five games they've got three games against top four from last year and their other two games against top eight opposition the Eels scored seven out of 20 they versed three teams from the bottom four and two teams from positions nine to 12 Now, I was like, I do figure that that's last year. We need some up-to-date data. So, we did it again, but based on the Premiership odds of this year. Top four teams got four points, three points, two points, and the bottom four, or the least favoured to win the Premiership, got one point. Same thing, first 11 rounds. Guess who the hardest run for the first 11 weeks Ah, uh, Jared, you've got a two in sixteen chance because there's two teams with the hardest run over the first eleven weeks based on this year's premiership odds. Oh,
1: um, is it Pembroke again? No, no. Um, I couldn't tell you. I, I know Broncos have a bit of a hard run. You put them pretty hard early.
0: Uh Broncos, um, yeah, got slightly harder this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Broncos usually for their first, you know, six or seven games, they like to put them against big teams because they like to sell out
0: SunCor. Well, they so are the third. Some... They had yeah. the third easiest, according to last year's data. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas Eels are on 22, Broncos are 25.
1: So I, it's not. Yeah, the, was...
0: It's not the Broncos, but it is another team that starts with B. Oh Jesus! You put me on the spot now, Bulldogs. Yes. So Bulldogs and the Titans. According to this year's Premiership odds, have the hardest first 11 rounds with 31 points out of 41. Now, the biggest difference here is Cowboys were only worth one point last year because they finished in the bottom four, whereas they're more heavily favoured this year. So they've jumped up to three points.
1: So the hardest first
0: 11 rounds are Bulldogs and Titans, and then you've got Dragons, Panthers, Roosters, Sharks, and Warriors all tied for second hardest run.
1: Well, at least the Roos has got a decent
0: hard run. Yeah, I guess who's got the easiest, according to this year's data? they uh, going to have to go para again, aren't they? Yep. Can't be that.
1: They've gone from a
0: really hard 22 points up to 23.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, but they can't, the, the, the odds wouldn't have changed too much. Like you said, Cowboys changed, but they should have played better last year. Anyway, yep. the team they had. So... Yeah, it can't have changed too much. No. Eels so much, have yeah.
0: four games in their first 11 against top eight opposition, according to this year's premiership so odds.
1: There
0: you go, Rangers, Eels, if not, no, still not. If, and then if Eels are on 24, four, and Tigers on 25, and Broncos on 26. If Eels aren't in the top four in the first 11 rounds, they're kidding themselves. Yes. So yeah. then I was like, because I was actually enjoying it by this stage. You geek. I know. I was like kinda weird, like this is actually kinda interesting how they work this stuff out. If you put this year's premiership odds plus last year's finishing position, added the two together, it's eighty-two points for the hardest run. Panthers scored sixty out of eighty-two. So between last year's finishing and this year's they've definitely got the hardest first eleven rounds. The Eels were forty five out of eighty-two, fifteen points easier than Penrith. That's basically like bursting five top eight teams from last year extra in the first 11 weeks. Jesus. That's huge. So, if Penrith are anywhere around the top eight at the end of the first 11 rounds, they've done pretty damn well for themselves compared to where they finished last year. And if the Eels aren't on top of the ladder, or at least pretty damn close, um, barring massive changes to six teams all at once, which generally doesn't happen. Um, they'd be pretty upset going into origin considering they may be losing a couple of players. Who? They'd only lose Ferguson. I'm just I was just saying that before I actually thought about it. I don't know, Nathan Brown could be a Smoky. He'd be a great origin player, I reckon.
1: The only other one possibly would be Marnie.
0: Ooh. Geez. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't see any other... Clint Gutherson
0: as a um, uh, utility. No, no,
1: there's too many
0: good... Like, Wade
1: Graham will play better than Gutherson. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: I um, know. Weirder things have happened. Um, That's pretty much all we've got for this week. And when we say all we've got, it's been a pretty big show. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, Remember Mm -hmm. to catch us up on Twitter at 6 Pod. Starting the season proper, remembering first game is Thursday night. We've got Eels versus Bulldogs. Yeah, great game to start see. Oh, yeah. Blockbuster. Um, official team list will be announced Tuesday night. So we'll be recording Wednesday night for a Thursday morning release. And then again, Sunday night for a Monday morning release. And they'll be our two episodes going forwards. Um. If you haven't checked out the new NRL 2020 ad, give it a look. Give us some feedback on it, some discussion points. Um, Send in any questions that you have. We have had one listener write in saying after that wages last week around Tex Hoy that we are going to introduce a new uh, concept to the show called Hoy Watch. And so we'll be giving you weekly updates on Tex Hoy and his uh, career progression. (laughs) <laughs> There's even rumours that he might be starting in the next couple of weeks. So, according to that, we're ten dollars in our bet. He will not be. Yeah, but he bloody better not be. Um, oh. So un- until then, guys, thanks for listening in. Make sure you share, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, share it with your mates, um, jump on Twitter, give us a shout out, give us some feedback, whatever you want to do. Otherwise, we will talk to you Thursday morning. See you later, guys. I'm going to bed. Bye. Bye.